What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Convex Visions podcast, you know, where uh, we focus on uh, personal and career development. I got my boy Shelby Paris here with me, um, you know, and we're going to discuss how the game of basketball closely resembles uh, real life. Um, you know, I, I produced a project on it, The Game That Mirrors Life, and he's working on something as well uh, that goes in depth on the idea as well. Um, you know, Shelby Paris, um, you know, is a serial author um, and apparel developer, um, you know, a scientist. Uh, uh, tell me how basketball uh, played um, an important role in you capturing all those feats. For me, it was it was really just being able to take that mindset, just growing up playing ball my whole life and just already being in a position, being in a mindset that whatever happens, you move forward. I can embrace challenges. I can handle pressured situations. I know how to stay calm when things are happening. And then it gives me that attitude like, all right, I can take on this next battle. I can take on this next obstacle where it's not even looking at it really like a battle or obstacle. It's just something different. We're adding things into my business repertoire, you could say. It's literally like I'm just going in and working on a new move, just trying to add something to my package, add something to my game where I might be so comfortable doing this, where for me, it's almost like it's a right-hand layup. Then now, all right, now I'm working on my left-hand layup. All right, word, now I got that together. I know I could do this well. I might be a right-hand a right-hand floater from the mid-range. Now I'm trying to add in this left-hand floater from the mid-range. So it's really just, it's just taking the fact that everything is already fundamental for me. It's taking it as fundamental as it is and then just applying the knowledge to whatever the new experience is. I know for me, someone with a, a basketball background, competition drives me. So, you know, in, in the, the realm of influence, you know, how do you uh, compare that to, you know, just being in the sports room? Oh, I love it. Because it's, it's one of those things that on social media, I mean, I don't know all these other people, but I can definitely say this. A lot of the other people that I see, did not play basketball at least, and then to the certain higher levels of basketball. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to having that mindset and that grit of going right at somebody, that's something that I have. And it's the same mindset when it comes to, great example, I got a self-publishing class right now. I feel like I got the best class out there, like hands down. I feel like there's no comparison. One-on-one sure. like -on -one against anybody else, yo, let's both teach this class. I'll teach my class, you teach yours. Let's see who likes what better. It's difficult to gauge because, all right, somebody may know the same information on both, but it's like, all right, let's really go head-to-head, toe-to-toe -to -toe with this, and let's see who's better. And I feel like at the end of the day, I'm coming out on top of everybody that has mm -hmm. a self-publishing class on Instagram. That's everybody sure. that's considered an influencer, I feel like I have this product and these certain things that is better than theirs. Mm -hmm. And in that, that, that sort of confidence comes from you know, just putting in work, you know, the, the process of iteration, you know, going over what you're doing, studying um, and, and implementing that, you know what I'm saying? So, and getting the results from that. So um, your publishing class, I, I'm a, a student of it, you know, before you actually jumped it off, you was giving me gems and, you know, I really appreciate that because I applied them and, you know, it works, you know what I'm saying? So I could definitely say uh, that, um, you know, and 
we kind of had a podcast before pot before this podcast and we was talking and you know we brought up the uh division two level versus the division one level and you know i i brought it to your attention that it's not so much the skill set that separates the two levels it's the the stage you know because there's players on the on the division two level that is better than the people that's on the division one level they just got that that stage and yeah. you know i was telling you that you know you're prepared right you you've studied you've got the gyms you know you speak eloquently you know you just need that that stage that that bigger stage and you know i compared you to somebody like charlamagne and god you know somebody who else is you know prepared and you know they hone their skills continuously so just talk about that for me <clears throat> what we elaborated on that conversation and what you got from that <clears throat> yeah when we were talking about it i remember even saying it's definitely i agree with it where it's really just putting me on that stage that i feel like and to exactly what we're saying i've been preparing i've done the work i've been going through the challenges the obstacles i've been developing i've been constantly practicing constantly honing in on my own skill set perfecting perfecting this craft itself that it's really just me being on that stage now. And like we got the talking comparison, just me being a, a D2 player happily. I played in the, the SAC conference, which is the number one D2 conference in the country. I got to play against top players, a league full of people that had D1 offers, D1 interests, a lot of transfers from D1 schools. So I got to play against that competition, that talent. Plus we played like seven or eight D1 schools with my school itself. We would have Wake Forest or Auburn, uh, a um, South Carolina State, UNC Asheville schools like that on the schedule. So I got to really see how I compare against that that level of talent that taking it back into this world. When I see the Charlemagne the guys, the Eric Thomases, when I see the Les Browns, I'm always looking at it like, yo, I can be on that stage. Not only can I be on that stage in the right audience, the right crowd, you know, for us all, the right moment, I can take over. We talked mm -hmm. about the John Morant, well, John Morant and his kind of situation where to me it's like, yo, all I need is that coach to, to be happy to step away from whatever his focus was over here. And then you'll see me over here and be like, oh, who is this kid? Who is this person? And it's really that feeling, that mindset where, yo, if I just, not even if, but it's just put me on that stage and let me work. Granted, it's going to be a raw talent, which even works in my favor. You got a raw talent, somebody that's not media trained, somebody that doesn't know this world, who's just coming in and just giving you straight knowledge, straight bars of this information that he already knows and that he already has. That is, even when you put that one-on-one -on -one against each other, it's the underdog versus this person who's supposed to win. Mm -hmm. Now you got this, this person that nobody knows that can go off they have this great performance in front of this crowd and this audience. That's all I need. And that happens all the time, bro. We see it in the NCAA tournament every year. You know, we, we see these, <laughs> these big schools that's supposed to just destroy these smaller schools. And like you say, it, the matchups are key, right? So when they go head to head, a lot of times these smaller schools, first, they'd be more prepared. And then secondly, they just they just want it more. And a lot of times the, the bigger school they walk around, you know, without a chip on their shoulder, just you know, just going with the flow. And those smaller schools, they 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 whoop their butts, bro. And it, it it's fun to watch, you know, from 
from a person that's watching from afar. It's fun to watch. So I would love to see you go head to head with with somebody like that. And I'll be cheering for him just like I'm just like I'm cheering for a small school versus a bigger school in the NCAA tournament. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's that's dope. Um, uh, a person like you, you know, well decorated in the sports realm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what caused you to pivot from the sports realm into the realm of influence? I want to scale back a little bit, kind of get that. Honestly, I, I got tired of basketball. I was burnt out. It was one of those things. I, I was mentally done. I was mentally done with it. I knew I was done when I was having my senior year. It was almost like a Kobe year. I wasn't even really worried about <laughs> the stats or anything, but I just wanted to coach the younger guys. Mm-hmm. It was a couple games that I had great games, but it was it was almost like, a, hey, let me show y'all young fellas how to do this. Let me show y'all how to late cut. <laughs> let, mm-hmm. me, let me show y'all how you read the defender. You know when to come for that flip and come get that handoff or you go back door and mm-hmm. look how easy it is to score. Right. But I spent that whole last year was really just teaching, even like when the season started. And I felt myself trying to make myself want to go compete. I felt myself trying to make myself want to do the things. And it was even that vibe and that feeling. Like every day, getting up for conditioning, getting up for weights, I was, I was super happy and smiling doing it. But it wasn't a feeling like I'm really attacking this because I'm getting better to get ready for the game, the season, whatever it was. But it was I'm getting up to do this. And it felt like a farewell tour. Mm. At that time, I had wrote my first book at 21 already. It's called A Change of Subconscious and Accomplish. And I'm teaching this process of rewiring the subconscious mind. It's a science that I study called epigenetics. I've been studying epigenetics for about six years I didn't actually know the word of until about three years ago and in layman's terms is saying that the cells do not control the environment but the environment controls the cells Mm. and that's the layman's terms to put it but it's really just saying we have a greater impact from our environment than the impact from our genetic makeup Mm. so I've been studying psychology since I was 16 in school and autonomously along with sociology just taking things that I learned from that and it made sense to me okay our subconscious mind is said to be 95% of who we are. That means what we do is ultimately a reaction of what's already programmed into us. And I've always loved that. It always made sense to me. I would, I started studying that more and more. It seemed like every year from when I was 16 and just getting deeper into it. And then going through certain obstacles of life myself, still having that, that concept in my mind that, you know, if I just rewire my subconscious, then I'm going to just naturally react to things a certain way that again just relating back to basketball is just natural you just know when this happens you cut when this happens you come for the handoff if this happens you pass it if this happens you shoot it just it becomes nature so Mm -hmm. it was really just applying just applying that concept to to life gaining the first person experiences and then saying i want other people to also be able to apply these experiences and do these things for themselves and then lo and behold eventually i like i said i put the first book out seven months later i had my second book within months after that i did my third and fourth book within 14 days of each other a couple months later i then put out my fifth book and then before i know i got my audio book well like an audio book mixtape i got a spiritual elevation guide so it was really just putting things putting putting things out there so that people mm-hmm. can take it, apply it, 
and gain the results where really all my products is just me telling you exactly how I was able to do whatever it was that I did. And then it was just something that has an asset and it's an asset and valuable to the world. People start picking up on it. And we had a conversation before and we got to talk about that where it was just knowing I was going to grow my following base, mm-hmm. finding out and learning, studying the Instagram algorithm for about two years now, practicing with those things, applying that, taking my page from a thousand followers. I want to say like a thousand, maybe when we had first talked and first met to like yeah, a year and a half, a little over a year and a half later now where I'm at 25,000 followers. And it was just constantly, <laughs> constantly working and doing the things that it was like, okay, this is what I studied. This is what I learned. And let me just keep applying it. And then it's just a, it's a practice of. And yeah, it's a, you know, it's instinctive as well. Just like on the court, man, when you do something so much, you, whether it's film study or you, you hone this individual craft, it becomes instinctive. So when, when you are put in position or you face the opposition, it's easy. You know what I'm saying? And one of the quotes that I, that I live by and, you know, I came across it during my transition is, at the end of your career marks the beginning of your purpose right now. So what you're doing is, is, is bigger than you, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think it's dope that you know, you're taking the time to be selfless and, you know, encourage and inspire the people that, that come, that encounter you, I would say. And um, a, lot, a lot of people don't get it. You know what I'm saying? What you're doing right now. And I, and I told you this on the phone that, you know, you have to stay consistent until, people catch up to you, you know what I'm saying? Because you're, you're far out, you know, in front of us right now. And like I told you, I couldn't even pronounce epigenetics at, you know what I'm saying? At, a, at, a, at I think it was yesterday, I just, just found out how to pronounce it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're, they're coming around. So, you know, my thing is just stay consistent. And, you know, I told you this too, is it's like exponential growth. Like, you know, one day is X to the one, second day is X to the two, and you just continuously build up until you improve your overall well-being and people, you know, see, see you for who you really are. You know what I'm saying? And I think too, this project of, you know, what you're creating right now and being powerfully vulnerable with that will show your, your audience who you really are and, you know, will give you guys that connection. What you think about that, bro? That's definitely the goal. Cause I know I'm big on, on proving st- statistics and stereotypes wrong i'm big on being able to again just coming from that certain underdog mentality i want to prove to something that this can be done or this no this is the reality of what it is so when it comes to that is man i get on the gram i purposely try to show brothers like yo this is what vulnerability looks like. And it's mm-hmm. not being vulnerable in the sense that I got to just talk about a pain or I got to just talk about something that hit me emotionally, but I could just share my happiness. I could share my joys. But then at the same time, I can talk about something that was a pain, something that was a nuisance to me, something that, that hurt me in whatever way. And then I could also talk about, you know what, even though it hurt me, this is what I'm doing to get past it where my main thing is showing people, I don't just give the what. My thing is always, well, what is the how? What is the how, what is the why? That's something that people often leave out of things. So for me, I'll get on social media and I'll say, yo, this is why I'm upset right now. Hey, this is my problem. This is an issue that I have. This is something that affected me in whatever way, but this is, this is 
why it affected me and then this is how I'm fixing it. This is why I'm doing it this way to fix it. This is my intention and then the solution I'm looking to get to. And it's showing people that vulnerability is not just, I feel bad. Vulnerability is just being able to even say, yo, I'm struggling with this. If anybody can help me, please help me. Or, mm -hmm. hey, this is something I just did. Can you guys let me know maybe feedback on this so I can know kind of what I should do differently, where I can be better with this. So it's really just, it's showing people, and again, the misconceptions that people may have of me, it's showing people like, hey, you have to, if you don't know this world or these aspects of somebody, you're not going to get it. So let me be vulnerable. Let me open up. Let me talk to you about this and that. Let me show you what this and that is like so that we can have a better comprehension, maybe not of each other per se, but you can have a better comprehension of me so that now you can get why, what's done and what way. Like we talked about before on the phone and for anybody that does know when it comes to this whole social media game and growing a following base, everything I do is strategic. It's all intentional. I think about what's happening, what's about to be posted, what's about to be done before it happens. It's done for a specific reason. The times that I post, what I'm saying in a post, I'm very conscious and aware of what I say and what I do. Happily being taught to think and well, yeah, not just told, but taught to think before doing things. So I do think about, I even think about what I'm thinking about. That's just a part mm. of learning your mind and being conscious and aware of what you're doing. I'll literally think about what I'm thinking about wow. before doing something so that it's almost going through three layers, two, <laughs> three layers before I'm finally coming out with something or saying this, doing this. That is, it's very, very strategic. But mm -hmm. again, in the vulnerability aspect, you're, you're being vulnerable in a way that's really comfortable for you. For me, obviously, I'm being vulnerable in a way that some people may see is even greater than what other people may be able to do. But it's just the level in which I'm comfortable with. And the goal is just to show people, yo, fam, if I could do it at this level, you can at least do it at this level. Mm -hmm. hey, that's that's next level. Like, I never heard that perspective before. Like, thinking about what you're thinking about. Like, that's that's dope. Um, you know, like you say, those those layers that it go through and, you know, everything is is proactively planned. So. Um, do you get the reactions that you expect to get or sometimes it, it catch you off guard sometimes? I usually get the reactions that I expect, which is more so unfortunate because it's not necessarily to what I'm intending it to be sometimes. But usually I get the reactions I expect. And that's, again, just studying the mind and studying people. So I know if I make a post like this, I know it's going to trigger somebody in a way that they're going to say, yo, I'm super happy to see it. Like I made a post yesterday where I was just sharing some of my story where it was me transferring to school so I couldn't afford it. Uh, just being in a position mentally where I was dealing with depression and contemplating suicide, where I had to deal with multiple grievances at one time, just dealing with a whole new life situation, a new school, working multiple jobs while being a full-time student athlete. And that was just the first slide of it. And then it just talked about how year by year I was progressing. And I post something like that. I know what everybody's going to say. I know I'm going to get praises. I know I'm going to get applauded. I know everybody's going to cheer for me. That's cool. But the intention is for you to see this and then go invest into a product as a business. Nonetheless, I know in an intangible aspect is going to, it's going to impact people in a positive way, make them feel good and encourage them. But then on the business side or in terms of how it affects me more. So it's like, yo, I'm doing this so that you can be, 
so that you can go buy this product that I'm telling you. I'm doing this and posting this so you can see, hey, these were my, this is my vulnerability. These were my experiences of what I went through. You can relate to it, right? Cool. Now here's the product that's to help you with it from a business sense. But then, like I said, it's, um, yes, I do get the results that, that I anticipate in terms of the intangible aspects, the support, the, mm -hmm. we'll say, uh, emotional support or the support of the audience itself. I know that's coming, but it's always the fact that like, you know, it's, it's business. I'm doing this because I need to make sales at the end of the day. So, and you know, it's all radical transparency. And, you know, I, I just think it's dope what you're doing. And I, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, uh, I see that you uh, immerse yourself into this, this the, what is it, the, the Mentel? Uh, is a Mentel program, I believe it is. Yes, sir. Uh, and this, uh, just elaborate on that for me. What Mentel is, is a online men's support organization I like to call it, it's, it's just online barbershop talk. So it's dudes being able to come together, talk about whatever they want to talk about. We had about six meetings now. I got to have a couple guest speakers already. It's every first and third Tuesday at 740, uh, yeah, 745 or 845. It's at 845 Eastern time, I want to say. Yeah, 845 Eastern time. I was trying to make sure people had enough time to get home. And man, we just sign on. And just talk about whatever I had with the first meeting. It was like four of us and me and the brothers. We talked about, <clears throat> he talked about, uh, it was media. Oh, voice acting. It was a brother that came in who does voice acting and he was just educating us. Cause we just end up, that's just where the conversation went. He was telling us about why he didn't go, <clears throat> why he didn't go with a union, how he's able to work with the agency, but still get jobs even during quarantine where a lot of people are not able to work because this and that is going on and the pros and cons of these certain situations. So that was mad cool. Just him teaching us about that. And we got to get into, we got into politics, not even like super deeply, but more so laughing at things, joking about things in terms of the, the political world right now. Mm -hmm. We got into, we got a little bit in the books itself, but it was just, it was just fun. It was just fun. The next meeting we had, the next meeting we had, we signed on. We weren't on for that long, but we signed on. Yeah, I had, I had went at, I had to go do something. So we had hopped off fairly early, but nonetheless, we still showed up. We're still able to come in together and converse a little bit. And then the meeting after that, I'm trying to think only like one or two dudes showed up, mm -hmm. but we got to then talk about just therapy, going to therapy, going to counseling, talk about the importance of having this, this outlet like this. So that was mad cool. And after that, it ended up being just me and another brother that tuned in, but he used to work for Fox down in Louisiana. Hmm. So he was, he was down there around the time. Uh, I forgot the gentleman name that was in Louisiana that was killed by the cops, but he wrote up something about that story. And he was telling me about the process of you could say ghostwriting for a major network. So he's wow. in the back writing out these stories, but yet getting paid so little for certain things. And then talking about his situation where they gave him an ultimatum where you're either going to go do these pro-black activist things that you're doing, or you're going to work here. And he's like, well, I guess I'm leaving then to mm -hmm. just going through that. Wow. Was talking about getting into freelance writing and how he was able to start making a living from freelancing how that itself took him into, well, took him out to Cali. 
He talks about being a music teacher. One of that, one of his main goals is working and doing things with music. And he was just sharing how just being down in Louisiana, I think I'm not even going to say the city because I don't remember, but just being where he was in Louisiana, I do remember it was one of the major cities down there, but he was just saying how, man, I was down there when Katrina hit. I remember having kids that was just not showing up to school and I'm trying to reach out to them like, hey, what's going on? Where you at? Kids coming back later. Like, man, you saved my life. Uh, I got brothers that tuned in that admitted and said that yeah, they've been sexually assaulted when mm. they were younger. So it's just mad cool just to have a bunch of brothers come together, different backgrounds, and just share, just share, just mm-hmm. share what they have to share. Because uh, again, it's like I said, it's really just online barbershop talk. So we could be mm-hmm. talking something just super, just super random, super. I'm not gonna say crazy, but it could be a conversation easily going from just talking about music, talking about sports, to talking about politics to then mm-hmm. talking about foods and why one restaurant is better than the other to then getting back into why this player is better than this player and then coming back around to talk about why uh, just going through difficulties of life and certain hardships that happen. So it's, it's amazing to see just how many turns it could take, but just flow right into it. So I'm, I love it. It's free. Mm-hmm. So it's just open to all dudes that want to tune in. And again, it's just, it's just the outlet. It's just the outlet. So, so like I said, I got to check that out. But you know what, what comes to mind when, when I heard everything that you said, the, the word meritocracy came to play. And I say that, and I, I want to apply this to like a basketball organization or, or college. It, it may be far-fetched, but, you know, you have guys that, that come from different high schools who are the men at their high school. And, you know, they have different experiences and, and things of such. And, they're asked to come together and pull all those skills and those resources together and, you know, create a, a united front as a team. You know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of, that's kind of like what I got from it. And I think that, see, my coach, he ran his organization much so like a, a dictatorship, which is the opposite of what Mentel is. And I feel like most programs should be ran as a meritocracy uh, program where, you know, everybody, uh, gets to uh, showcase their strengths and elaborate on their strengths and and have a say so on what it is that they're doing because at the end of the day the players are out there uh, you know on the floor and they see what's happening and stuff like that I think we talked about that a little too like being on the floor and you know having a different perspective than your coach I think so I just kind of wanted to you know tie that back into the whole idea of the podcast of this podcast episode for sure I done had a couple. Man, I feel like with every with everyone that we had, I don't I don't lead it. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I just host it. But it's right. always somebody else that ends up talking the most and being able to really teach us and educate us on something. And that's what I look for. I even had a uh, shout out to my brother Queasy for the DTR 360 books page. He came through and was just talking to us. I got my homies from Blackwell Renaissance. They're going to be coming through and talking about financial literacy. I got another one of my brothers, amazing mentor, BFN Krumar who's going to come through and just talk about having a legal hustle and how he was able to get out the streets. And now he goes around Philly pretty much almost yanking kids off the block and mm. then helping them get they get their life right. So it's the, the fact that we didn't had just guest speakers that were willing to do that. And then just other members, just other brothers that was just like, yo, this is a topic I can relate to. Or like I said, they might've just took over just cause it was, it was just a topic that we was all interested in. We mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else that does voice acting. So do I have heard that? That was mad cool. And then 
even what you're saying that it makes sense because I come from uh, coaching, a lot of coaching where the players had an input. The players were able to say something. The players were able to let the coach know what was going on. We were held accountable as player to player to make sure each one was doing right and doing what was supposed to be done. So that that is something that I'm accustomed to, which even makes sense to why I do it the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's dope. And like I say, man, what, you, what you're doing is, is definitely special. You're, you're juggling a lot. And like I say, you know, there's, there's, there's criticism. And on the other side of criticism, there's praise. You know what I'm saying? And as an as a athlete, you have to be, uh, you know, able to juggle both. And as an influencer, you have to be, you know, able to juggle those as well. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so different as an influencer. What'd you it's, say, bro? <laughs> it's so different as an influencer. Like, it's, it's in, the, in the game. One, obviously, it's a certain testosterone and a certain energy and everything. But it's, you know, it's the crowd. It's the crowd just talking. You're not really giving into that. Uh, maybe that's your motivation that you do respond to the crowd because that's mm-hmm. something that you're going to. Maybe you're a Gary Payton type or like a KG type where you got to talk to people and just talk, and that's what gets you going. I was never that type of player. I always played better just focused in and locked in on the game. I'm not the trash talker type person. And then, you know, you could do something on the court and you could hear the praises if it's at a home game. You could hear the boos and everything at an away game. And it's so funny because it's it's really no malice, but it's one of those things that, you know, we're in this arena and everybody has an understanding of what's being done and what's going on. And that it's not necessarily malicious or personal, but it's just, yo, I'm a fan of my team and you're beating my team in whatever way and I don't want that to happen I'm trying to play my role as a fan where now on social media you got people that in a sense are your fans they're choosing to follow you but then you're coming crazy at me now you're Mm -hmm. mad at me for something that you were against and then it's yo instead of asking a question for clarification or for us to be able to talk together you get mad respond a certain way and then just leave. Now you block me. Now you you feeling some type of way out of nowhere. And I'm like, yo, this is this is not how it should be. Mm-hmm. We should be able to communicate back and forth. Especially, I have enough uh, a lot of female followers that won't follow me because I'll make a post that they're counter to. Mm-hmm. So they'll comment countering to it, and then I respond to their comment, and then they get mad at me and say, oh, you just can't handle a counter, <laughs> blah blah. You're not much like I'm blocking you. I'm like, yo, you literally, I, you literally just countered me, and I responded like you're blocking me. <laughs> you blocking me, yeah, like, yo, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But it's, you know, with social media, it's it's such a different world because it's not like a, it's not really an understanding of, hey, we're in this arena. It's just my team versus your team, or the team I'm cheering for versus your team that's playing. Where it's, you know, you're going into an environment where people are counter you, mm-hmm. but it's countering you just because uh, more an objective aspect or well, technically subjective, but just that personal thing of I want my team to win versus now on social media. It's like, yo, you're following me, meaning you're on my team, but now you're mm-hmm. fighting me. So right. it's like, come on, like, why are we fighting each other when we're in the same organization? Mm-hmm. I know for, for me, I don't really like juggle those controversial uh, topics like you, such as yourself. Um, I know, but for me in the sports realm, I've dealt with it. And 
my freshman year, bro, we went three and 28 in the Southland Conference. And, you know, it was bad to like the, the newscasters that was talking about us. Uh, fans were like, Cardinals, you stink. They were making blogs and st- it, it was horrible. Like it was, and for me, it was different because when I was in high school, like we were winning, like I wasn't used to losing like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not a loser. So, you know, it was tough to me to, you know, juggle with that. And it like, it was crazy. They, they weren't making it no better. And, you know, I realized that the fans, they only loyal you to, not you in a sense, it's, they're loyal you to the, the, the name of the school or the organization, you know, itself. They're, they're not caring about your feelings or, you know, you exactly. Um, and I, I noticed that when, the next year, we we went we went from three games to fifteen games, and it was one of the biggest turnarounds in NCAA history, and that was getting broadcast, and you know all of a sudden that criticism turned into a little bit of praise, and then from my junior year we went we had our first I think it was like our first twenty, uh twenty game no I'm sorry, fast forward to my senior year we had our first twenty uh twenty game, uh winning year. And you know, from there, it's just it just progressed, and I was like, man, y'all y'all fake, and you know, <laughs> and and for real, like, and I noticed that you know, as a as a sports player, you gotta you gotta use the system like they're using you because at the end of the day, when you leave, when I left, they cheered for another number twenty, and you know, I I got the jersey back there and all that, I got the memories, but they're not loyal to you, like I said, they're they're loyal to oh. the organization, you know what I'm saying, so. That I kind of realized that, and I want younger athletes to understand that. I don't want their time to be my time. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's crazy. They do not love me. <laughs> and that sports world, I, I didn't get to finish my senior year. I messed myself up just with some credit things, just trying to do an internship that didn't fall through. So I didn't have uh, at least 12 hours to be able to play my full season. It, I, I went from my junior year to not only people knowing my name, but then knowing, knowing like I'm from New Jersey, knowing what part of New Jersey I'm from. Obviously it all says that on there, knowing my nickname at one point. Yeah, is, definitely. <laughs> and I, they just, down at school, they would just call me Jersey. Just, you know, everybody knows and can get that. But I went to school in North Carolina. So, you know, people would just call me Jersey that I had times where they would say that. Like I hear the crowd saying that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it goes from, that and more specifically we had what was called our nato nation our tornado club we the town itself was a pretty older town a lot of older people so they would come out because they wanted to see the college games so these are people like 65 plus uh, it's almost like a retirement town so mm-hmm. now i could go to the grocery store and i remember like the the same people that i would see and would say hey good game shelby after the game now i'm not playing they don't say anything to me in the hallway. <laughs> exactly. Yep. I'm like, yo, I'm walking the same path. I'm just in my sweatsuit opposed to my uniform, mm-hmm. and I don't hear nothing from you. If I was to go to the grocery store, I might hear people, yo, you had a great game last night. Hey, you guys did well, whatever. To, I don't get no type of acknowledgement. I could be in the same uniform that you talked to me just last year in or the same sweatsuit that maybe just months ago you were showing me love and now it's you don't even know me you walk right past me you don't mm-hmm. even mention the team or the game at all so it's uh <laughs> they're not loyal to you 
And 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 a lot of times, bro, that's why athletes they 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 hold that so so dearly. And that's why a lot of athletes they go into depression after that. You know what I'm saying? Because that that individual that they were that they was uh you know doing their tenure playing, they're no longer that individual to, you know, outside sources. You know what I'm saying? So and it, it kind of messes with them because I've been a guy this this whole time and now the minute I stop playing, you know, I got to transition from that. And it's tough. Now, it was tough for me at, at one point in time. And, you know, I just had to to learn to live with it and to just pursue uh, a higher purpose. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's, 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 that's what it is, man. Like that was. I I, do you know the story? Of, well, cause I'm, I'm working on my sixth book right now and I have a, a chapter in there called PTSD where I'm really talking about that effect, the PTSD of not playing basketball anymore and mm -hmm. the effect of that versus the mindset that you can have within this world to the mindset that you have in, say, the real world. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about in there, which a lot of people may not know the story, but we do see the example of Delonte West and see what happened to him and where he's at. Mm -hmm. And then Ben Gordon was saying that he was suicidal at one point because he legit did not know and did not, he didn't know anything but basketball. He didn't have a life or know anything outside of playing mm -hmm. that people don't know. You know, people, people don't know. People don't know. They don't get it. That it really is a, you spend for a lot of us, you, especially growing up in this, this generation that we're in, where you have the older influences telling you, yo, you played an older age group when you're young. So you might be four years old playing against six, seven year olds, and you spend your whole life until high school. So maybe a senior year of high school, but now you're playing with your age group. Mm -hmm. You spend however many years. I know I myself, I didn't play for, I guess technically I stopped at 18. So I spent I mean, I'm sorry, I technically stopped at like 21, something like that, 22. So I spent about 18 years of my life playing not just basketball, but in some form playing organized basketball from mm -hmm. rec league and clinics to now playing on travel teams, AAU teams, school teams, college that and happily having to touch a professional that it's like, yo, I to come out of that, I literally only know basketball. Mm -hmm. it's 18 years of my life to now being 21 22 years old when I stopped that it was just like I don't know nothing else I don't know how this these certain things really go I, I work at a group home overnight and that was one of the things I was laughing at uh, my my director she would she was saying certain things or asking about certain things or certain things would be done and I might do certain things where it's like it may not look it may seem a little unorthodox how I'm doing it. And she'll ask me like, yo, like, do you not know how to do that? Like, no, I, I don't. I didn't have to. I never had to do something like this. Mm -hmm. As simple as it may be. It's like, like, granted, yes, I will wash my clothes growing up and stuff. But it's like, <laughs> that would just be like my kind of stuff. Or you play basketball. For some people, Chris Paul talked about, he never washed his clothes before. He washed clothes like the first time. I forgot when it seemed like, because it was, his parents doing it or his mother doing it. And then you hit a point where I go to college and it's like, my uniform is just getting washed. I'm just throwing mm -hmm. on a sweatsuit. I, I mean, I'm, and then he was going home to get his clothes washed. <laughs> so it's certain things That's that it's like, as an athlete, we really do have these certain privileges and these certain, we have these certain privileges in this certain lifestyle that you do get pampered to a certain extent or in whatever form that, you know, with certain things like, yo, we really don't know. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I resonate with that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something about me. Like, I definitely was pushed behind the curve because of basketball. And like, I can give you an example. Like, for me, I didn't start driving to out to college. And that was part of the issue. You know what I'm saying? I was so focused on basketball. I didn't go to driver's ed. And, you know, I didn't go to these different things and stuff that, I, I didn't really care. I was, you know, I was getting chauffeured around. <laughs> I was on the buses, the games and stuff like that. Like, you know, that, that was my issue. But, you know, when, when it came to transition from that, I had to learn, okay, to drive fluently. So, you know, you know, I, I drive trailers and stuff now, but, you know, it was a point of time where I was shaky behind the wheel because of that. And you know, I, a lot of, like, after that transition outside of sport, well, my uh, uh, collegiate career, you know, it was, it was tough. But, you know, and I still always complain about being behind the curb. But, you know, at least you can see the curb. At least you can see where you lack at. You know what I'm saying? At least you can see what you need to improve. So I don't know if a lot of people realize that either. I know that's something, again, just coming from basketball. You know, you know, when you when your offhand is shaky, you know, when this is something that you need to develop. And you know that this is something that could be detrimental to you personally. And then it could be detrimental to the team. You know, when you have these these things that are not developed as well as it should be. And now I'm going in and doing whatever else and whatever other things that it's like, I don't I don't know how to do these things. Or I didn't develop this enough that I I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's a, a, you know, a mirage of other things as well, too, you know, that we're learning to, to hone in on, you know, as we transition and, you know, set out to accomplish, you know, more than, you know, what we have in the sports world. So, yeah, man, it's just just something to think about. And, you know, as well, like, because I, I got I got a story, like my expository essay got got published in the fourth grade, bro. And I've been, I've been a good writer all my life. And that kind of got overshadowed because of basketball. And it's funny because after basketball, I went back to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you go back to that, that natural tendency you know, after what overshadowed that that tendency, you know what I'm saying, like basketball. So I just been saying like I can't wait for that time to come that I get that invite and I get to play in like the celebrity all-star game. Granted, I got like my certain videos on YouTube still, but I'll be looking at stuff like that. Like uh people hey. be or whatever, like, oh my gosh, she's actually good. Like, no, nah, but that's I, that's I, the hey, that's the upside of that look. <laughs> like that's no, I was trying to I'm these books and everything, yeah, that, that's whatever. That's, that's not who I am. I, this is who I am. This is what right. I do. I really got this, buckets. Like, <laughs> really, what I did. Go check this stat. Point seven assists. All I did was shoot. <laughs> I mean, we, we see we see glimpses of it, like in, in Kevin Hart and Chris Brown and J Cole, but you know they they ain't they ain't really played at a at a high clip. You know what I'm saying? Like like you like did we did, like you did. So <laughs> and that's the difference. We we really got to see it with uh with B dot with B dot. We really got to kind of see okay, this is a somebody that really did play basketball. Mm-hmm. Versus, or uh, yeah, or or Dave East, like because Dave East was yeah. a, a gamer. Like oh my god, I just seen his highlights. Yeah, gamer. And he would yo, and that's. He's one of the few, like, people want to talk about certain rappers, and they'll try to say, oh, who's the best rapper with this and that. They'll see Chris Brickley and the whole Black Ops celebrity runs and stuff. And I'm like, yo, I think y'all forget Dave East with his <laughs> shooting guard. Man, like, he, he's, com- a, he's coming he off a pick, stepping the right way. Like, his footwork is on point. Not just the, 
somebody no offense because I'm a big fan of him, not just like a little dirt in the gym or Jay right. Cole in the gym doing catch and shoot stuff from the corner. Mm-hmm. Nah, Dave East is coming off this screen one, two. I don't got it. I'm keeping it over because the man is under me. One dribble, Hezzy, split the defense, ball low, finished with the left or something, and got it on the right wing. Like, he knows what he's really doing with that, not just somebody that, that has played. And, and he got a strap. Like, it's crazy because some people, like I, like, I was seeing when he posted, some people were surprised. They like, what, really? I'm like, man, that is, that's a gamer. Like, that man was at Townsend getting buckets. And he had a strap from low range. The like, only part on, I was surprised with was the fact that because he had a strap, just because the fact that, like, oh, Yo, you're a New York Hooper, you're supposed to be all to the rack, all handles. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he was different. If you see somebody out of New York that can shoot, oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, I knew he could hoop, but I'm thinking it's about to be bop, bop, mink, mink, got to the yeah. basket, finished. Nah, yeah. he was pulling he, up. He was pulling up. He was <laughs> coming pulling up, up. And see, we we don't hear we don't hear rappers. Hey, and that's the thing. He's not in that conversation of rappers that can hoop. And I feel like it's for two reasons. One, they know, and yeah, two, like like they know they gotta know. Cause I I mean, Gilly the kid, he be oh no rapper don't want to see me. I'm like, listen, Gilly is trash. I <laughs> Gilly. Gilly plays in our celebrity all star game annually. Gilly is trash. Yeah, he trash. <laughs> Gilly is trash. Who else came down? Uh. Fat boy didn't play. Who else came over? Um, uh, oh, I can't think of the dude's name, but his son name is Sean. It's like funny, funny something. It's, funny Marco? Nah, it's a dad and son. Oh, dad and, and son. They're both from Philly. They they came and played last year, and the the dad looked like he was actually pretty good at one point. But nah, Gilly not nice. Nah. Uh. <laughs> He cherry picks and just he cherry picks and just kind of make a couple layups. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's really a hooper though, man. He he really got at it. He actually played with like some some studs too. I forgot who he played with, like in AAU and stuff like that in the circuit. He, but, played, um, with, he played with KD at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He played with Nah, it wasn't Vermont session. Who else was down in Maryland at this? I can't think of. KD is the most memorable one, but I know mm-hmm. there's a couple of people that was down in that Townsend area that he did play with, that Townsend, well, D.C. area that he did play against and play with. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, man, this this interview was was really dope and insightful, man. You know, I appreciate you for coming on, taking the time out, and really, you know, discuss, you know, these topics because a, a lot of people are aware of, you know, the, the comparison between the game and, and life itself, but they don't really dive into it. They don't really know the, the nuances of it all. So, you know, I appreciate you coming in and really reinforcing it. Most definitely. I definitely appreciate you having me. I know, um, like I said, we got the, well, we met a year ago, year and a half ago. We got connected through the grant. You was the first person I got to work with and just, he was like, y'all want to write a book? Yo, call mm-hmm. me. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Call me. I was say, cause I, I seen them, cause I seen the meme. And I was like, I think you, I think, what was he like? Uh, 20, it was like 21 year old, uh, puts basketball career on, on, uh, the back, the back seat and, and, and publishes a book. And I'm like, you know, I'm word, I'm, I'm working on that too. Let me, let me I connect with that meme. I haven't <laughs> that mad long. Yeah. Cause it was saying, yeah, it was like 21 year old, uh, 
foregoes professional career or passes up on playing professionally and broke books or something. And and you know you know who posted it though? That's how I got connected. Uh brother Ben X posted it. And I and that, you know that was my guy at Lamar. And to talk a little bit about him, like I'm I'm, I'm proud, man. I'm proud yeah. to see what he is doing, bro. You because listen, when he when we was in college, bro, like he was unorthodox. I mean, he he was a hard worker. Game was polished and everything, but the love that he had for Farrakhan and the obedience that you know he applied when it when it when when dealing with that, it was crazy because it was times where we was like, dang, like being tripping, like, and you know, guys would laugh at him, but he stayed the course. He stayed the course. And he kept honing in and he kept studying. He kept studying, gaining all his knowledge and his wisdom. And then one day, bro, he walked in the locker room, put his stuff in the locker room. He was like, hey, man, I'll be back. And walked out the locker room door and, and never came back. And to, to see what he has done, you know, with that decision, because it's a, that's a, a decision that most people won't make. And I'm sure a lot of people, family members, people was, was shunning them because of that decision. And now he's getting the last laugh. So I definitely wanted to to, to commend him for that. Shout out to him. He's somebody that he's somebody I got on like a, a my board of people I want to work with. He's somebody I definitely want to work with. He is one of the main reasons and inspiration for me of in a sense following those footsteps. I'm not sure specifically how old he is. I know he's at least a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. And the the times of him sharing his story, the seeing the work he put in to get to the JUCO, from the JUCO to get to Lamar. From that, all right, he leaves school working at a Fed, I believe it was at, at FedEx's warehouse. And then from there, just where he's at now, obviously, but doing the things that he's done. So it's for me to look at a story like that, like, yo, I was that, I'm able to, I fit so much of that, of being that person that I worked to get to this school. No offers, no looks really found my way to a the JV team on a D2 school initially my freshman year. No scholarship, a walk-on player, to transferring back home to a junior college, to now making my way back to the school, having a great season at the school. I don't know if he fully played or not, but for me to be able to have a great season and then come back the next year in a similar aspect, unfortunately mine was cut short due to I can't, not even an external thing, but just my season being cut short due to something else versus him Mm -hmm. voluntarily walking away. But it's the fact of we still left this game that we love Mm -hmm. that is, and then seeing how he made it and what he's done with it. I mean, I'll be seeing Brother Benek stuff and it's like the message and the information is just a whole nother level and that's super valuable. But I just be as great as and as much as I take all that in, I just be looking at him just like a, yo, thank you you really like paved the way for me. You really made a lane for somebody like me that I was able to walk away from basketball and see somebody same age, around the same age mm-hmm. that went and did it. Went and wrote his books, but went out educated, found his way into just where he's at. Shout out to him. Like recently yeah. picking up his dream car, getting that Camaro recently, stuff like that. Like, yo. It's, it's little things like that that I'll be seeing. I'm like, yeah, bitch, that's what I'm talking about, yo. And it's crazy. I'm telling you, because I remember in college he had a great Grand Prix. I think it was a great, I think it was a great Grand Prix, yeah. 
and it used to whine. It used to whine when when he drove it, and I told him like, man, that sound like an electric car, man. He, and I was like, I used to clown on. He used to be cracking up. If he see this, he gonna die laugh. Like it's crazy, but it's like it's it just give me the chills just even to talk about it because I I watched him, and you know it was a time where he was coming from his JUCO and he was like coming in and he was working and it was, it was like a beyond every no or something like that. He had that kind of, that, that movement going, you know, where it inspired other people to really chase out their dreams. And, you know, we was talking that summer before he, both of us went to Lamar and, you know, we was talking and he just inspired me to go a whole nother level. Cause I was already at Lamar. But he came that following year, and he inspired me to take my work ethic to another level how he was going because I'm, I'm going to get my work in, and I'm coming on Instagram, and I see him in the gym, trash cans, going around. I'm like, he in the gym for hours and hours. And so it just forced me to take my uh, my, my work workout regimen to another level. So, man, it is crazy, man. He, he flourishing right now, man. I, I can talk about him all because it makes me happy because he, he stuck. He stuck uh, to what he believed in, and you know he he rolled that wave out, and now he's paying, and now he's paid huge dividends for him. So, you know that's a that's an inspirational story, man. For sure, I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fan of him, man. This, yeah, I'm a sure. fan of the work he does, but just an even bigger fan of what I got to see of mm-hmm. Ben X. And again, being a Hooper, you see it for for more than just. Hey, this young brother gets on social media. He educates people. He can also play basketball. But I really see it for, yo, this was a hooper who really found something that was that gave him maybe even more passion, gave him something that he loved even greater than basketball. Mm-hmm. And showing me how I can take this passion away from sports and really turn that into something special for myself. So it's mm-hmm. I say he yeah, for me, that's that's an icon. Yeah. That's an icon. It's definitely an icon. I be, yeah. I be mad hype when I see him posting, especially when I see him uh, when somebody tries to say some BS and then he responds to it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, about, his, man? Let him check up. His 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 <laughs> rebuttals is crazy, and it, it it's 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 none. It don't have bad language. He just it, it's intelligence. It's pure intelligence. And my thing is too, he spoon feed it too. He break it down in layman's terms. He break it down as small as it can be for any and everybody to digest is universally uh, digestible. So, uh, man, if he go to a, and that's the thing, if he go to a celebrity game, he gonna get buckets. So just- If he go to the celebrity game, I'm on his team. He, he get buckets, he get trade. buckets. Somebody yeah. gonna have to fight, like if I'm on the opposite team, somebody gonna have to fight me. Like, no, <laughs> he, it's either that or I'm throwing somebody- He get buckets, hey. No, he's the one, I'm the two. We're about to get this co-MVP, F all of y'all. We're that, going for the three hey. I Six love him over. Man. I love him over Kevin Hart right now. Somebody set it up, brother Ben X over Kevin Hart right now. Somebody set it up. Easy. <laughs> hey man, with, with that being said, man, we gonna wrap it up, man. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you having me on. All right.